seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 39 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and what else is there to say besides when it rains, it pours? From bad to worse, more losses, more poor basketball, more pain. If that's not the best way to describe St. John's season thus far, I really don't know what more to say. At this point, how many more excuses can we make for this team and Mike Anderson? How do you go scoreless over the last four minutes against Butler? You can't act surprised when you play like absolute crap and get rewarded for said crap play with a loss. You can't say, oh, we should have fouled earlier. Oh, the jerseys was grabbed and the refs missed it. It's all your own fault. You couldn't execute. You couldn't get the job done. You couldn't find a way to score. You couldn't find a way to expand on a 66-61 to lead. You couldn't expand on a 10-point lead in the second half. You blew it. And this bad season, this atrocious season, this heartbreak of a season just continues. And it gets worse and worse and worse. What does it say about your program, your team, your culture, when all of these losses are no longer met with anger and disappointment from the fan base, but people are saying that they expected it. That seems to be where this fan base is at right now. I literally got a text message last night during the game at 9.44 p.m. that said, quote, yes or no, does St. John's lead the rest of the way and get a win? And I responded with, quote, I'll reluctantly say yes because Butler stinks, but I am not confident in that yes. Boy, was I wrong and right all at the same time before the game we find out chuck harris is still out for butler with concussion symptoms david jones who lost his father last week would miss the game again and so mike anderson would start posh alexander dylan daiwusu aj store omar stanley and joel soriano so it's 10 to 8 at the under 16 timeout st john's has the lead butler is doubling joel soriano in the post just like xavier did the game prior wouldn't you think that at this point you would have watched some tape, you would know that if that's coming that you would be set up for it. You would make them pay, right? You would have your shooters at the top of the key. Every time Joel gets the ball and he's doubled, boom, kick it out, let's get a good shot. Wasn't happening. Early on it was going okay, you were encouraged. All five starters had a bucket at two apiece. You even had some nice plays out of a timeout. There was ball moving from Posh to Curbelo in the block to an open Soriano dunk and an and one. It was 13 to eight. It was a 9-0 scoring run. You're like, all right, Butler, St. John's, this this happened last time. St. John's got the win against Butler. You're moving along and, you know, maybe you can get a win. And then the announcers start picking apart St. John's like they have all year. Quote, if you slow down St. John's in the first 15 seconds, they will settle for bad jump shots. Yep, Dylan Adaiwusu and Pinzon are hitting back-to-back threes, and then they give up a three right back, 29-25, 62%. St. John's shot 62%. What I'm going to do here in the next few minutes is just lay out how this team figures out a way to lose because they can't execute, and they do all the little things wrong. St. John's is shooting 62% from the field 13 minutes into the game and is only up by four points. Why? Because they can't play a lick of defense. Don't know why, but that's been the case all year. 
Manny Bates was having his way with Joel Soriano after Joel Soriano gave him the business in the first Butler matchup. Manny Bates had 11 points in the first half. He was out rebounding Joel and was really giving Joel Soriano fits. But again, St. John's was playing well in this first half. There was good ball movement. They were up by a few points and they go into the half up seven. But here is where the little things start to creep up. Posh Alexander's having a great half. 10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists in the first half. St. John's is up 7. There's 19 seconds left, and St. John's calls a timeout, drawing up a play. And Curbelo throws an awful pass to Joel Soriano for a turnover, and we go into the break. Little things. Little things like executing. Executing end-of-half plays, critical game situations, and you can't do it right. I mentioned Pasha Alexander had his best half of the year, probably 10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Joel Soriano, 7 points, 6 rebounds, but was getting outplayed by Manny Bates, who had 12 points and 5 rebounds. Thought Rafael Pinzon had a strong game overall, first half, 8 points, 3 of 4 from the field. Dylan Adaiwusu added 8 points, 3 of 5 from the field. And St. John's is shooting 54% in the first half, 50% from 3. All good signs, all good things. You're thinking, all right, get right spot. You know, regardless of the bad defense, this is a get right spot. And out of the break, St. John starts four or five from the field. Posh is continuing his strong game with two buckets. It's 51-46 with 12-26 to go. And again, the wheels just slowly, slowly start to fall apart. You know, you had a 10-point lead. You couldn't build on it. Good teams build on these things. And St. John simply couldn't. As we get later into the second half, you can see the same mistakes start creeping up. Whether it's a turnover, whether it's a bad shot. At one point, Joel Soriano gets the ball in the paint. He doesn't get any good looks, and he kicks it back out to Dylan Wusu, who's about 40 feet from the basket. With seven seconds left on the shot clock, Dylan is forced to try and get open. He gets it back to Soriano for a rushed shot, and they miss. Little parts of execution. At 66-61, to St. John's couldn't put the ball in the basket to put the game away. You're trying to get the ball to Soriano in close range. He's missing hook shots. And on the way back... Manny Bates gets an and one in transition. It was the little things that you just couldn't execute. How do you not put a ball in the basket over four minutes? One of the announcers again said St. John's throughout the game had an answer for each of the Butler comeback attempts. And over the course of four minutes left in the game, St. John's could not buy a bucket. With 2.22 left in the game, Jaden Taylor ties the game at 66 with two free throws. This is the poor situational awareness that I'm talking about that has plagued this team over and over this year. They're down 68 to 66 after Butler gets a layup to go ahead. Posh drives into the paint and has Joel Soriano streaking with him he throws a behind the back pass to joel soriano's waist but joel soriano clearly wasn't expecting that and in a critical moment like that why would you try and make a flashy pass like that with less than 90 seconds left to play in such a close game why take that risk if it works out great and we're talking about a fancy pass that led to a layup and a dunk to tie the game sure but you got to be smarter than that in that situation You just got to be smarter. Posh Alexander, you're having a great game, but that's what I'm going to remember from this game. Was it a pass that Soriano probably should have caught? Yeah, but in that spot, it's way too risky. Soriano bobbles the pass, can't get his hands on it, turn the ball over, and Posh Alexander is visibly frustrated and throws his hands up in the air. Can't really like that, showing up a teammate, just frustrated, I get it, but it's just a sign of how poor this team has played and how things seemingly have splintered 
within the team and the frustration has simply boiled over there's a timeout they show dylan adaiwusu super frustrated in the huddle throwing his towel we're getting late in the game here st john's still down dylan adaiwusu steals a ball that carbello saves a layup attempt on the baseline by carbello gets blocked but somehow carbello steals it from seamus lacocious and gets it to joel soriano who doesn't see Curbelo under the basket. He's waving his hands. He's clapping at him to get his attention. And by the time Curbelo gets the ball from Joel Soriano, Mike Anderson calls a timeout. Curbelo's visibly frustrated. And Mike Anderson calls the timeout. It's 23.7 seconds left to play. Van Macon is seen drawing up the last play. Soriano would miss a layup and get his own rebound, but he steps out of bounds. 16 seconds left. Butler ball. Joel Soriano is visibly upset. And here's another turning point in the game. And again, you could look at this all in hindsight, but in game, in the moment, these are the things that separate good and bad teams. 16.7 seconds left on the clock. Sajots tries to go for a trap and steal off the inbounds, but Butler breaks away. Curbelo should have fouled Lukosius with about 8.2 left. Instead, he doesn't foul until 5.7. Those two and a half seconds are going to look mighty, mighty long when we're going to be talking about the end of the game here. So they foul Seamus Lacocious, an 80% free throw shooter who happens to miss both. Butler is dying to let you win this game. Not only could they not make shots all game and you couldn't capitalize, but they were trying to let you come back and win it and hell, at least send it to OT at the end here. Butler has a foul to give and the foul happens with 2.2 left on the clock. They review it, but leave it at 1.9. Again, three-tenths of a second, huge. Pair that with the two seconds from earlier that should have taken place. Every tenth of a second matters in this situation, but this is where the coach has to fight for the situation. Somebody's got to make a stink. They clearly reviewed it. They left it at 1.9. With 0.8 seconds left on the clock, Andre Curbelo is getting ready to inbound the ball. Posh Alexander sets a screen. Joel Soriano spins off his man. Andre Curbelo throws the pass. It's perfect. Joel Soriano catches it throws it up. It's good. We're going to overtime. Not so fast. The ball was tipped as Andre Curbelo let it go. And on the review, you could see the ball did not leave Joel Soriano's hand when the red lights went on on the backboard and St. John's loses 68-66 as they fall to Butler and go 14-11, and 4-10 for the season. Their record at Hinkle Fieldhouse, 2-8. After the game, everybody's obviously upset. The buzzer sounds. They call off the shot. It's the most emotion we've seen from Mike Anderson all year, yelling at the refs. But what does it matter? You blew a 10-point lead in the second half. Again, you went scoreless for almost four minutes to end the game while Butler finished on a 7-0 run. That wasn't impressive, but it was good enough to beat you. St. John's missed five shots in that time frame. Three jumpers, two layups. They committed three fouls and turned the ball over twice in approximately three minutes and 50 seconds of game action. St. John's shot almost 50% from the field and lost this game. They only got to the line six times all game compared to Butler's 21. And Butler missed seven of those shots. Butler was down seven at the half and only made nine shots in the second half and beat you. What does that say about you? What does that say about this roster? What does it say? about the mental toughness what does this say about the fight what does this say about the execution it's all missing 
How has this season gone to hell in a handbasket this quickly? Like I said, when it rains, it pours. The morale is absolutely shot. This team looks beaten, defeated. This fan base has absolutely had enough. And how do you even talk about anything that's remotely good, like Posh Alexander having 17 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 8-11 from the floor? Who cares? Raphael pins on 14 points. Big deal. This team looks like crap. They. This is not the St. John's basketball that we were looking forward to this year. There is nobody to blame here but yourselves. No refs, no shot clocks, no holding on to jerseys, nothing. Mike Anderson is 27 and 43 in Big East play since he has come to St. John's. Can't win a game. And it gets bad and worse. And now you got to go to Madison Square Garden on Saturday to play Providence on what is being dubbed Johnny's Day, which the city is honoring moving forward on February 11th. It is really hard to stay excited. And man, you only got a handful of games left and everybody is talking about what's going to happen after the season. But it's clear that something needs to happen. Change needs to happen. This team was supposed to be a lot better than this. This roster was supposed to be a lot more talented, and they're really not showing it on the court. This has been a broken season. In my opinion, this season is way worse, way worse than last year, and it is getting worse and worse by the game. I've said it before. St. John's fans deserve a lot better. St. John's fans have been loyal and have been through hell. Change needs to happen St. John's fans deserve better. We'll see what happens against Providence. Thank you for listening. Hopefully things get better. But man, I'm here along for the ride with you. It's been tough. Appreciate you for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies! Go Johnnies!